Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy, it's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. This is the first guest episode I have done in a while. I've been sort of on this solo streak, but I was really excited to have this guest on. Her name is Brooke Herbis. She's a Michigan girl. She's also in Colorado, and we connected through another um, entrepreneur in this industry. And I wanted to bring her on because she just has such a cool concept of the way she approaches health and fitness and the way that she coaches women. I knew I had to have her on the podcast because I know she is going to offer you so much value. So Brooke, welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I can't wait. So tell everybody a little bit about um, about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm an online personal trainer fitness and nutrition coach, like you said, born and raised in the Midwest and then made my way out to Colorado. Um, But I was kind of your classic version of doing everything wrong for years, wondering why I wasn't seeing any results. Um, You know, I grew up as a dancer all until the end of high school, never really had to learn about fitness or, or nutrition or what working out even should look like. And then I went to college classic cardio bunny just got on the elliptical for 30 minutes. It was always the elliptical too. Always. Always. Didn't want to run in front of anyone. That was a little too embarrassing. Stairmaster was too much effort. Elliptical was like, you could do it for 45 minutes. Oh yeah. Just get a magazine and you're just (laughs) cruising. Um, But second semester of freshman year, I found strength training through group fitness classes. Um, I took this class, total body tone, absolutely loved it. Um, you know, really started to see the benefits of strength training and really just thought if I was working out, that was enough. I still had no concept of like what nutrition should look like. And then junior year, I studied abroad, had an amazing three months in Europe, had no access to a gym, ate nothing but bread and cheese, um, which was delicious, but, but I gained about 20 pounds while I was over there, which I'm five foot two. So that was a lot. And for the first time I was feeling like really uncomfortable in my body, but truly had no idea how to get back to a place of feeling more comfortable and confident. All of a sudden, like my workouts weren't cutting it. And I knew I needed to do something on the nutrition side, but I didn't know what that was. So 
for the next like three years, I fell into that classic pattern of restrict, 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 binge on the weekends. I was constantly cutting out something new, whether it was like dairy or, you know, sweets or only eating things with like less than five ingredients. And I was constantly just yo-yo dieting. I would lose five pounds, gain it back, lose 10 pounds, gain it back. Um, until finally I started following like more trusted nutrition advice and realizing, okay, restriction isn't the answer. This can actually be a lot simpler, but then I was so frustrated that it took me so long to actually find those trusted resources. And I just didn't understand why there was so much confusion and misinformation out there. And that's what really led me to be like, okay, I want to cut through this noise. I want to get more educated myself so that I can help more people. And that's what really started me on my journey to become a coach and eventually start doing this full time. Yeah. I love that you said cut through the noise because that's really what it is. Um, I did not know. I can actually resonate so much with your story. This is something I didn't know about you was that you went abroad. I was the same way. I lived in Australia for a year and I came back 30 pounds heavier. And oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and all I knew to go to was the cardio, was the extremes. I did the whole 30, the paleo, all of it. Yep. So it's crazy how our journey leads us to this place. Because what did you go to school for? Did you go to school for this? Uh, no business. I was a marketing major. Um, <laughs> marketing. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and worked then- in, I actually worked in app marketing um, for up and like up until last year, which is when I finally took everything full time um, for a long time. This was just like a passion project of yeah. mine. Uh, but I just realized like, Hey, why do not more people have access to this? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Brooke takes a really cool approach that I want to chat about. And you've been able to quickly grow a TikTok following. I mean, you have like what, a hundred, almost 130,000 followers on TikTok and her, your tag is sweat simple, right? Yes. Yeah. And she simplifies health and fitness. And the questions she answers, I'm telling you are so simple, but so necessary. And I, I like, I look at your page and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get why she's, why you grew. Cause it's almost questions that people have on a daily basis that you don't even think to answer. You don't almost don't even think people would have these questions, but if you really take it back to where we were in the beginning of our journeys, these are the questions that we needed answered. That's exactly where my, most of my content inspiration comes from. It's either questions I'm getting, you know, in my DMS, but a lot of it is like, what were those things that I was really confused about when I started my fitness journey? And also what are those things that I wasted so much time on? And if I had just had, you know, the right, simple answer could have saved me years in some cases years because it really is simple. It's the simple things that make such a difference, but those aren't the things that we go to because those don't sound cool. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I was always going to, oh, okay. Well, I read that this influencer only eats things with less than five ingredients. So I'm going to take three hours in the grocery store, really hyper analyze everything I'm eating you know, and I would do that Monday through Friday, but then my weekends would be an absolute, you know, shit show. And I was binge drinking and eating pizza at 2 a.m. And really, if I had just focused on the simple things, you know, protein, eating enough vegetables, rather than trying to be so restrictive with my ingredients, I would have been so much further along. 
Yeah. I I actually want to dive into the ingredient thing a little bit, because I think we like over obsess about ingredients and while yes, we need to be cautious that we're not eating so much processed food. I also think it causes so much obsession and fear around very normal foods and normal ingredients that might, it's like, you know, that I used to say back in the day, if you can't pronounce it, it shouldn't be in your foods. And then all of a sudden we're, we're realizing that like, these are normal chemicals like a, like that are in bananas. <laughs> I was know, just going to give the banana example. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Give it to them. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, if you look up the ingredients in a banana, it's going to be a bunch of ingredients that you also can't pronounce, can't but pronounce. You know, it's flashy to be like, Oh, don't eat anything. You can't pronounce. Well, it's like, okay. You don't want to eat anything with chemicals. You're eating air. Like good luck. Yeah. So. Right. It's chemical compounds that make up a banana. So why are we so, but then that's also another thing is people are scared of bananas with sugar and, and all of these things. It's just releasing this fear around food so we can live in normalcy because I think so many women, they can't relax when they're eating a meal because on one diet, it's good on one diet. It's bad. They don't know if they're losing weight, gaining weight. And I think the mental space and the head in our head that it takes up is just crazy. Yeah, I agree. And that's why a big part of my coaching is really focused on improving my client's relationship with food, because that was one of my big issues is, and I didn't even realize it in the moment, but like I had a terrible relationship with food and I was spending so much mental energy focused on like, can I eat this? Can I not eat the, eat this? Like I would spend 30 minutes analyzing whether I could or shouldn't eat the pizza one night. And then if I did eat the pizza, I was feeling like so guilty about it. And then I was like keeping that guilt through the next day. And now it's, I just eat the pizza and I move on and I'm like, okay, I can have two slices instead of, you know, a previous version of myself was overanalyzing one slice. And then I was like, well, I had the pizza, so I might as well have five slices of pizza. And then you get trapped in that guilt. And, you know, it's just really that nasty cycle of food labeling and being afraid of foods. When in reality, if we just truly eat it all in moderation, you're going to be just fine. And not only are you physically going to be okay, but you're going to be in such a better mental headspace overall. Yeah. How do you start to break that fear with your clients? If they're like, I I can eat pizza, or if I do, I'm going to completely binge on it. Or I don't ever eat peanut butter because I heard that was bad. Where do you start to break that fear? So a lot of it is just starting to understand, you know, the difference between portion control and, you know, I, I know, you know, but calorie deficit to lose fat. Um, So I do have a lot of my clients calorie count just so they can start to get an understanding of, you know, what it really looks like to be in a calorie deficit and how they can start to fit in foods like pizza and peanut butter into their calorie deficit. Um, And, you know, really sometimes it does take that you know, proof of seeing, okay, well, I did have pizza and I'm still losing weight. So I am able to eat pizza and make progress towards my goals. Um, so it's really just starting to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, eating the foods you like in moderation, and then seeing week after week, month after month, like, Hey, you can eat these foods in moderation and still make progress towards your goals. Yeah, absolutely. I always use the example of like, we're earning trust back in our food and food and in our body. And if, yes, if you have somebody in your life that breaks your trust over and over again, you, you have no trust around them. It's like, that doesn't happen overnight. Right. But it happens by starting to give them another chance. So it's sort of the same thing with our bodies is like, give it another chance. And, And little by little, you add it back in. And then you start to see 
okay, I, I actually had control in this situation. And oh, wait, I saw results this week. And all of a sudden it's like, it replaces all of those negative thoughts with like one positive one where you earn a little bit of trust. And then you keep doing that. And all of a sudden we can just relax in a normal environment around these foods that we feared for so long. I love that. Cause it really is about trust. I know like carbs are a big one that have been demonized forever. And a lot of clients come to me feeling like, no, I absolutely cannot eat carbs or I will immediately gain weight. So part of that is education. You know, we talk about yes. hey, water weight versus fat gain are two different things. And sometimes the scale will spike up after you have carbs because carbs cause your body to retain water. Like this is a normal reaction, but I want you to just, you know, take your measurements. We're going to take progress photos. We're going to look at other things that aren't just the scale. Uh, and then slowly, you know, the more you can eat carbs and see that, Hey, I'm actually not gaining 10 pounds because I'm able to eat carbs in more moderation. Cause I'm not restricting them. It's really about, like you said, building that trust and getting more comfortable with just eating these foods over a longer period of time. Yeah. I mean, you, you just said it best there is that we have to focus on education. And if you go from not eating carbs at all to all of a sudden eating carbs, of course, like carbohydrate, it carries water. So your body's going to store a little bit of water weight, but that will normalize and level out. But the problem is you went from not eating carbs to eating carbs and then got on the scale the next day. And you were like, look, see, this is what yeah. happens, but you don't ever give your body a chance to, to normalize it. You don't go through the process of actually understanding. And I think another thing that's crazy is and I know Brooke knows this, but we'll just break it down for everybody else that might not know this is one gram of carb is four calories. One gram of protein is four calories. One gram of fat is nine calories. So we're looking over double than what a protein and a carb is, but yet carbs are demonized and people go on keto and eat all this fat. And then they also don't see results. Some do, some don't, but they're like, Oh, I did the keto. I did paleo. And I started having tons of fat in my day and I didn't lose any weight. And it's like, well, yeah, because you just doubled your calories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's also funny because people will go on a low carb diet like keto and they think that they saw success on it like right away because, you know, they eliminate carbs. So they see that immediate water drop and they get really excited. And then, like you said, they start to freak out and be like, wait a second, the scale is not moving anymore. What's going on here? And it's like, Hey, yeah. you lost a ton of water weight. You're not actually losing fat. This is why we need all our macro groups, all the yeah. micronutrients. Like, yeah, of course you lost three pounds in the first two days. Like you didn't need any carbs. So it, it is all water weight coming off. And I get that. It's really exciting to see that, but it's also differentiating between weight loss and composition change, which I also think is hard because, but we're wired. I mean, we were wired for diet culture to like be a slave to that number on the scale. Oh yeah. I mean, that is so hard to stop attaching so much emotion to the scale and be able to not just look, I do think the scale can be valuable in terms of, you know, being one way to measure progress, but I mm -hmm. always really stress that it is not the only way and it absolutely should not be the main way you're measuring progress. You know, I know it's easy to feel frustrated when the scale isn't moving, but then if mm -hmm. you tell me that, all of a sudden you're fitting into this pair of jeans that you haven't been able to wear in six months. Like that's amazing. And that means that you're losing fat. And if that's your goal, then you're doing great. Who cares if the scale isn't moving? Yeah. Then we're going to celebrate that. 
Um, I actually want to ask you a question because I want to understand your perspective on this, because I would say I've come from a different perspective as you encourage your clients to weigh themselves every day. Yeah. I want so, you to explain that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know that like some people are just, they don't like to use the scale, which I am all for. And I do have some clients who we just don't weigh, like they know that it is just better for their mental health. If we don't use a scale, the reason that, but I typically have a rule with my clients and it's either weigh daily or weigh not at all. And reason being is that I always want my clients to have more data points and the more data points you have, the more you're able to slowly start to take emotion out of the scale. If you're just weighing yourself once a week or once a month, you're putting a lot of pressure on that one way in. And like we've talked about, the scale is not just fat gain or loss. It's a lot of water weight. So imagine if you're weighing in once a week, you weigh in maybe after you had more carbs the day before or really hard workouts or your muscles are retaining water and the scale's up, you're going to feel like, all your progress and effort for the week, maybe isn't doing what you think it should be doing. Versus if you have seven weigh-ins for the week, you're weighing yourself every day. It's a lot easier to look at that number and say, Hmm, okay. Scale was up. Might've been because of X, Y, and Z before I freak out. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Nine times out of 10 scale is going to be back down tomorrow. You're able to a lot easier look at trends over time and your weekly average weight rather than just having a ton of pressure on like one or, you know, four times a week weigh-ins. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I would say, cause just like you said, well, first of all, is it depends on where their mental health is at. And I do this with every 100%. single client is like, tell me about your relationship with the scale. Where are we at? Because if, if that throws you off and sends you into this absolute spiral, that's not something we should be using as a gauge of progress, but I find it really hard in the first four to six weeks of working with women, especially women ingrained in diet culture, because I call the first four to six weeks, a calibration period. Just like you said, a lot of times we're adding in these different variables of strength training, where we're seeing the scale go up and we're doing these different things. And I think it's like, I try and optimize the mental and emotional health in the first four to six weeks because it's sensitive. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually will say, let's do it like two or three times a month and look at a trend but that's the main point of this, that e- either way you approach it is looking at a trend, is not looking at one single weight on its own and understanding that there is a fluctuation. Um, yeah. I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I did a post where I weighed myself every single day for a week and I didn't change anything else. And from the beginning of the week to the middle of the week, I was up three and a half pounds. And then by the end of the week, I was down a half a pound. <laughs> Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And sometimes that's why I like the daily weigh-ins is because my clients start to understand the fluctuations a lot better. So, you know, all of someone that first starts working with me and maybe in that first week, uh, they're like, what is going on? I'm doing all the right things. The scale is just jumping all over the place. And by, you know, three months in, they're able to, they're telling me like they're adding notes to their Mm check-in being like, Hey, wait, was up today, but I had, you know, Chinese food last night. So I know I'm retaining some water and it's going to go right back down tomorrow. And I'm like, yes, I love it. Emotion is gone. You're looking at it super logically. Um, and then taking the measurements every two weeks really helps too, because it's a good gut check. Like, Hey, scale isn't doing what you think it is. What are your measurements doing? So do you do measurements over progress pictures? 
I do both. So measurements every two weeks and then progress photos every four. I'm just all about like the data and having multiple ways to really look at your progress because, you know, as you can see, it's not always you sometimes you're not seeing progress in one area, but then you look at a photo and you're like, whoa, oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause we're so you're just like you said, take the emotion out of it. We're so emotionally tied to this that we tend to just like hyper-focus on like one scenario or one thing where if we can take the emotion out and look at the data, it's like, okay, I had Chinese food the night before this adds up, take the emotion out, look at the data. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go, you know, drink water, just do my normal routines, go back into everything balancing out. And then two days later, boom, we're back to normal, but it's not reacting on the emotion. Yeah. And I think it even goes back to that trust that you were saying, like the more that you're able to take the emotion out of it and just act logically, the more trust you're going to have and that you're doing the right thing. So, you know, like you said, scales up, you don't do anything crazy like you might've done in the past. Instead, you just get back to your normal routine, drink your water, and then you see the scale go right back down. Now you say, oh, okay, I don't need to restrict. I can just go back to my normal routine and I'll still continue making progress. Then you feel a lot more comfortable doing it the next time the scales up and the next time the scales up and you start to recognize that these are just normal parts of the process. And if you just stick with it and stay consistent, you're going to get to where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to go back to your like simple, your sweat simple and sort of that tagline. Where do you think women overcomplicate things the most? I think women are really, and you know, just people in general are really trying to get into the nitty gritty. You know, they're really focusing on, am I taking the right supplements? Am I eating at the right time? Am I eating the right things? And really just trying, because I feel like a lot of times you think, well, if it was really this simple, why haven't I done it before? And why haven't I been able to see results? But the reality is, is just because this is simple doesn't mean it's easy and it's still difficult. So the reason maybe you aren't where you want to be is because this is just really hard, but you might also be trying to do too much, which is making it harder. So I really like to get my clients focused in on the basics, you know, making sure that we're eating the right mix of macronutrients at, at, you know, meals, really just getting their daily activity up, walking's great and starting with basic foundations in terms of exercise. And then once we have that in a good spot, you can start getting into more of that nitty gritty, but we don't need to overcomplicate right out of the gates. <laughs> yes. And it goes down to really no matter what situation you're in. You know, I work with a lot of women that may have like a hormone imbalance and it's like, cool, guess what the foundations of having a hormone imbalance are that are going to help improve it. Managing your stress, getting enough sleep, going for walks in the sunshine, staying hydrated, eating the right macronutrients. Guess what it's going to be for weight loss. Guess what it's going to be for hypo or hyperthyroidism. Obviously there are situations that are more complicated, but those are the foundations of health just in general. Yeah. I always think it's really interesting, you know, when someone is trying to lose weight and they're asking about all these, you know, supplements and, you know, what's the absolute best time that they should be eating to really maximize weight loss. And then you start asking them about, Hey, like, 
how much sleep did you get? And it's like, well, I'm sleeping like four hours a night. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, what are your normal meals? Like, well, I just have coffee for breakfast. And then I jump right into, you know, yeah. and it really what you just need to focus on are those basics that you just said. Uh, and you're just going to notice like a huge improvement in your overall like energy levels and well-being. Yes. It's like, if you are stressed out to the max, not getting enough sleep, eating snacks all day because you don't have time for any of it, that greens powder isn't going to touch it. It's not going to do yeah. anything for you. <laughs> yeah. The, the greens powder <laughs> is a big one right now. I'm always <laughs> getting that in my DMS. People are like, like, should I buy this? And honestly, like if, if you like those and they work for you, great. I'm all for it. But yes. if really, if you're just eating enough, like leafy green vegetables, that's all you need. Like you don't need to spend all this money or, you know, time trying to find these, this like perfect supplement mix for you. Yeah, It's like, look, a giant thing of organic spring mix is $5 or you have this like 65, $70 green supplement. <laughs> And which apparently tastes terrible. I've yes. never had them, but <laughs> have you seen um going around on TikTok the colon broom? First of oh all, oh my gosh, her- horrific name. Horrific name. Like I can't, I truly can't handle it, but it is everywhere on TikTok, this supplement. And they're like, they literally promote it as like, I lost 21 pounds in a month because of this product. That's what they say. Uh, yeah, I made a reel about this like a couple weeks ago because I'm like, we're not even trying to hide the fact that we're selling detox products that just make you shit yourself anymore. Like we <laughs> it's called, are om- it's literally called colon broom. <laughs> yeah, like we are openly being like, buy this, you're going to, you know, explode and then yeah. like you'll lose weight. Like I just, it makes me so sad because not only is the company making a ton of money doing this probably, but they're also just able to be so open about something that probably isn't great for your body just because they're promising weight loss and people are so caught up in the quick fix. And I get it. I know how frustrating it is to feel like you're doing all the right things and not seeing results. So I know how tempting those shiny pennies and supplement products are But the reality is just like we talked about with going keto, the weight you lose is just water weight. You're just completely clearing your system. And, you know, really in order to get true sustainable fat loss, you need to do the hard work and take the time. Yes. And understanding that having proper digestion is part of this, getting enough fiber is part of this, but taking a supplement that's literally called colon broom is not going to be the answer to your weight loss. What they do is they're really good at marketing. They take people that are in shape, that are fit, that are doing the basic things, that are doing the sleep, the stress, the strength training, the movement, eating enough macronutrients for their body, and they're paying them to promote these products when really that's not what's doing it for them. Yeah. Like I, you know, I have companies approach me and I turn down, you know, pretty much every partnership opportunity because I know that it's not fair to tell someone that the product is the way that I, it's the reason I'm like seeing the results that I'm quote unquote seeing, you know, it's because I have built a lifestyle around healthy habits and that what is, is like, what is truly the foundation, not these random supplements that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I looked up this product, um, the colon broom product, and all it is, is psyllium husk and psyllium husk is a fiber. 
It's like a flaxseed and they tell you to take it with massive amounts of water. Why? Because it's something that's going to, it's like a chia seed where it absorbs the water in your system and then you digest it. And if you don't take it with water, you're seriously in trouble uh, and you're a bloated mess and probably I would say constipated more than anything. So it's like, why are you buying this expensive powder? Why don't we just add five? Why don't you add a tablespoon of flaxseed in your smoothie? Yeah. Like just we should anyways. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, and, you know, fiber is extremely beneficial for, you know, overall health, like high fiber diets are, you know, really heavily researched in terms of, um, you know, low, low risk mortality, all that good stuff. So like, yes, you want the fiber, but chia seeds are what, like $3 at Trader Joe's, you know, as opposed to for a whole bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find it hard to just like you say, cut through the noise? I feel like I, I think Instagram used to be the number one culprit, but I feel like TikTok is now the number one culprit of all of these crazy trends. I mean, I posted about one yesterday, everybody having these CGMs on their arms, these constant glucose monitors, and you have the products and you have all of this craziness on TikTok. Where do you like, how do you differentiate yourself and sort of like dive through that? Yeah, it's hard. And sometimes, you know, sometimes because I'm so deep into what I'm doing and my feeds and the people that I follow are all, you know, very evidence-based coaches and educators. So every once in a while, evidence-based. Yeah. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'm like, okay, is what I'm, you know, putting out there, even speaking to anyone, is this even still helpful? I feel like, you know, the market there's already so much of this information. And then I see the comments I get on my TikToks where people, you know, I post a video that it's okay to eat a bagel and I'm getting serious hate about carbs and bagels specifically to the point where I want to delete my TikTok. And it's like, okay, (laughs) I'm like, this is why I'm still posting about this stuff because there is still so much misinformation out there that you really need to, you know, build trust with, with people and teach them something new. It stings seeing those comments, but you're right. It almost fuels the fire of like, okay, this, this is what's actually going on. But people on TikTok are ruthless in the comment section. I remember I messaged you when I first got my TikTok and my video went viral and you were like, I honestly, I can't stand when that happens because they will roast you. Oh my gosh. Uh, When I I was probably like three months into having a TikTok and somehow another video saying like, Hey, you know what? You can make sandwiches with bread. You don't have to use like bell peppers. Like you can eat your sandwiches with bread. It ended up on like (laughs) very normal thing to say. Right. And I said it like very, it was not like you can't eat bell peppers. Like, you know, Anyway, somehow it ended up on like the keto side of TikTok and like, no joke. I wanted to like crawl in a hole. Like I, it was, yeah. it was like not good for my mental health almost. Like people were mean and I had like big keto creators even commenting like really mean things on this video. And I'm like, I am truly just trying to help people feel like people like me who really used to struggle with eating bread. I'm yeah. truly just trying to give another perspective that like, you you don't have to be so obsessed with not eating certain foods. Like it's okay. And yeah, yeah. they come for you. <laughs> you want to like stick up for yourself, but it's like, is it even worth it? Because it's causing, but they will, it, and when a video goes viral, this lasts for like weeks and weeks on end of these comments and likes there, you, you almost have to not look. 
Oh yeah. At some point I stop looking at the comments and then every once in a while I'll get a comment like months later that will like pop up on like one of these videos and it like rings you back and you're like, okay, I'm done with this. Like I'm no, (laughs) you like want to delete it, but it's also helped you grow. And it's, and and, you know, there's yes, so many negative people, but there are also so many people commenting on that video being like, I'm so glad I saw this today. You're helping me feel more confident in like eating these foods. And it's that stuff that makes it so worth it to keep putting out content, keep trying to educate. And that's the thing is I try and keep it simple, but I also try and provide like real education about why certain things are necessary or why certain things are happening in your body rather than just what a lot of these creators do, which is like use fear to try and tell you not to eat certain things without really providing you any evidence or research as to why you should or shouldn't be doing these things. Yeah. They might be making claims, but there's no research to back it up or evidence to back it up. It's really just a personal experience. And that's where you start to to come off the tracks. Right, exactly. And they use, again, it's marketing. They use, they market towards your fear, you know, by using really, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Using like really strong language around like, you should never eat this, or I would never do this, or you should always do this. And I always say, it's kind of a red flag if you're seeing always or never or, you know, really all or nothing language in a content creator's content, because a lot of things with fitness and nutrition are very gray and there's a ton of nuance and it's really individual. So if someone is using a lot of those, like always never, you'll die. If you do this, like that is a red flag. That is a really good way to differentiate like solid nutrition content from just like scare tactics. Because you're right, it is, there is so much gray area. When we live in that gray area, I think is where we have the most joy and create the most balance. Because when anybody asks me a question about nutrition or fitness, I will always start with, it depends. Yes. Because it does. It depends on so many different variables and scenarios. And if somebody is telling you one way is the only way, that is not somebody that is looking out for you. A hundred percent. I agree. And I do that same thing because it truly does depend like, you know, for example, intermittent fasting, it's not for me. I love breakfast. I wouldn't feel good if I did it, but if you're someone who doesn't really eat, eat breakfast and it makes it, you know, a little bit easier for you to stay more balanced throughout the day. Sure. Then that might be like a great option for you. Um, but it really is so individual and, that's what you need to do is find what works for you rather than just trying to copy and paste what X person is doing because you like the way that they look. Yeah. I love that. I want to shift kind of off what you're saying to more of the fitness aspect of it, because we we get just as much um, confusion in the fitness world with strength training, with workouts, And I think a big thing that women do, and I used to do this back in the day, is you save all of these like fit influencer workouts and you repeat these workouts. And a lot of times they're just fancy workouts They're They kind of include the base movements, but they more just look cool more than anything. Um, And I want you to talk a little bit about why having progressive strength training and a program is so important, because I know we were talking before this and you were saying that with your clients, you change up their strength every four weeks. And I thought that was cool. I actually wrote that down as a note to talk about because 
you have been doing the same workouts for four weeks, where a lot of times we're just pulling at strings, doing different workouts every single day and not seeing results. Yeah. And this was something I used to do too. I always was just doing random workouts. And I know sometimes people say, oh, you have to confuse your muscles. That's not true. Your muscles actually want repetition. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your muscles want repetition. They want to see the same sets of exercises over an extended period of time, typically like four to eight weeks. I find four weeks is kind of that sweet spot where you're not getting bored. It also makes it a lot easier to measure progress. It's really hard to know if you're actually getting stronger, if you're going to the gym and doing a random workout every single week versus Hey, if you're doing a deadlift over the course of four weeks, you can really easily see from week one to week four, did you increase strength? Um, Because that's a really important factor is you shouldn't be showing up to the gym doing the exact same workout with the same weight, the same number of reps every single week. You have to start giving your muscles a signal that it needs to change. And in order to do that, it needs additional stimulus. So typically that looks like adding weight to the exercise, adding additional reps to the exercise over that four week program. Maybe you're slowing things down, playing with tempo, but telling yourself, telling your muscles over the course of the four weeks, like, Hey, we're trying to do something a little bit different. So you need to adapt and get bigger and stronger in order to accommodate this, um, heavier, you know, weight that we're trying to lift with. So four weeks is kind of the sweet spot. And you're going to notice a huge difference in your strength. If you actually show up follow a program and just do the same workouts. Yes. And I know that it's easy to get confused with that. I think you made a great point is that you cannot measure progress if you're doing all these different random workouts. But what's confusing is that the people that are promoting them obviously have probably the body that they want, or they want their muscle tone, understanding that these influencers are also probably doing the base things over and over and over again. Any good trainer out there, you're doing the same exercises, variations of squats and lunges and push and pull and all these different things where you're not doing the crazy fancy stuff. And yes, you're mixing that with maybe a little bit of athletic training or cardiovascular endurance, but it's knowing that you're doing these same movements. You need to be able to progress them. And you can't do that when you're just pulling at strings with random workouts. Yeah. And the basics work and you can build on the basics, you know, you can do a harder variation of a lunge, you know, or something like that. But one of my clients actually just told me this week, she's like, it's crazy to me how much strength I've built over these last three months following and doing the same workouts because she was so used to she felt like she was getting a better workout in because she was sweating and her heart rate was really high and she was burning a ton of calories. She's like, but now I'm moving slower. I'm not sweating quite as much. She's still working really intensely and like pushing herself, but she has gained so much strength in three months just by showing up, focusing on the basics, really focusing on form and focusing on that progressive overload and just making things harder over time without doing things completely different. Because she's focusing on strength and building lean muscle instead of chasing a calorie burn. So she's setting her body up for long-term success for this to be easy instead of to always have to burn the same amount of calories in order to get the results that we don't even really get. Yeah, and so many people are chasing that toned look but toned look comes from having muscle. And in order to have muscle, you do need, you know, 
really intentional strength training, showing up and burning as many calories as possible through cardio, it, you know, might help you lose fat in an unsustainable way. Cause you might not be able to keep up that same amount of, you know, cardio output over a long yeah. period of time, but you're still not going to get that muscle that you're really trying to achieve. Yeah. We both come from a group fitness background and I know this is a really, again, it's a gray area because you want people to get moving and you want them to be able to do something that they enjoy, but also doing all group group fitness or like a lot of the group fitness classes are more boot camp style or intense or hit and doing that constantly also isn't going to build muscle. So where do you sort of find balance with people who are loving group fitness and love that environment and need that coach, but also need strength training for their body? Yeah. So like you said, I always want people doing what they enjoy. And I'm going to be honest, like I love the environment of a group fitness class. Um, and sometimes you just want that instead of going to the gym and working out alone. But I always say, keep the main thing, the main thing, depending on what your goal is. So if you're really serious about building muscle, getting stronger, you know, losing fat, your the bulk of your training should be strength training that really follows a program and then mix in that those group fitness classes or, you know, the hike or, you know, the Peloton ride, whatever it is you really like mix that in one to two times a week, but make sure that you're still following a strength training program as the bulk of your, your workouts. Yeah. It's almost like cutting it into thirds, like, okay, two thirds of it needs to be the foundational work. That's going to get us the results, the efficient workouts. One third of it is what we really enjoy. Yeah. Cause you know, that enjoyment is so important so that you actually stick to it. You know, there are some people who just will never like strength training, you know, like I personally find it really empowering. A lot of my clients find that they thought they hated it. And by, you know, the end of our time together, they're like, okay, I feel like a badass when I'm picking up this barbell, yes. which I love, but some people just won't ever get there and that's okay. And I still want them to get it done so that they understand the benefits and they know why it's important to be doing those workouts, but then also doing, you know, knowing like, Hey, if I do my strength training workout today, I know that I can go to Pilates on Thursday and I really love Pilates. So I'm just yeah. going to get through this so that, you know, incorporating things they really like is so important. Yeah. And I do find that the people that don't enjoy strength training have typically had a bad experience with it at some point. So it's maybe just trickling it in or trying different things. Cause I've, I've been to classes where I've had bad experiences where instructors have talked down to you. People have pushed you way too hard. You've gotten injured. Everything is jumping around and it hurts your joints. And that's not really what true strength training is about. Yeah. Or, you know, you're just trying to get through the workout as quickly as possible. Cause again, you're yeah. trying to get your heart rate up, you know, sweat a bunch when, if you get really intentional about strength training, it's not nearly as taxing as many people have been led to believe that it needs to be. Yes. I love that. It, it really isn't as taxing on your body. Um, but it's just, we, we haven't really actually been doing the strength training portion of it. Yes, exactly. Cause like you said, most people just don't know what that, you know, needs to look like for their goals or even just, you know, their body in general. Yeah. Which is why they have you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has. I mean, I do always say, obviously I'm biased, but it, you know, when people are looking to get into strength training, I always say, if you can like hire a coach, because that's how you're going to get the best experience, feel really confident that you're lifting safely 
and also feel confident that, you know, the program you're following is meant to get you results. And they're not just, you know, random exercises that you don't know how to do. And you don't feel confident in the gym because that's, you know, makes it so much harder to stick with it. Yeah. And we say this from personal experience too. Sometimes I feel like when we're talking about hiring a coach, it has nothing to do with sales. It's because I would not be where I am today with my nutrition and with my fitness. I wouldn't be where I am today with, with my business. If I didn't have coaches and mentors helping me along the way, I honestly would still be stuck in diet culture. A hundred percent. Like I still work with coaches in a lot of aspects of my life because let's be honest, you can't always motivate yourself. Like, could I write my own programs? Yes. Is it probably going to push me as much as when someone else writes my program? No. So it's really important to continue to learn and level yourself up and just have that extra bit of accountability sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say, like, if there's a woman listening to this, who's like really struggling with overcomplicating everything and she's stuck in this really obsessive mindset and sort of stuck in trying to burn as many calories, eat as little as possible, all these food rules, where would you start to simplify it for her? Like, what's your best advice? Yeah. So I personally love the build a plate method just as a way to start getting some awareness about what you're eating and start to make your meals a little bit more balanced. So you don't have to do this perfectly. There will be some plates that won't look like this, but just start trying at every meal to build every plate so that it's half a plate of vegetables, Mm -hmm. a palm size portion of protein, a fist size serving of carbs, and then a thumb size serving of fats. That's just going to get you started. And you're going to start to be more mindful of what you're putting on your plate, what those portion sizes look like, which foods make you feel really good and satisfied after you eat them, which foods maybe leave you feeling not so great after you eat them. And it also allows you to incorporate more of those fun foods in a controlled way. So sometimes your carb might be brown rice. Other days, it might be French fries with a burger at the restaurant you're eating. So just a a great way to start being a little bit more mindful without overcomplicating at all. Yes. And I also think that brings like intention to it to where it takes away the fear. It takes away all of the the complications. And it's like, I'm actually going to tune into how this makes my body feel and what it's like to eat a balanced meal. Yeah. Cause so, so often we're just stuck in these patterns of Well, every day I go out to eat for lunch and I always go to like this ramen place or whatever that looks like. So this can just help you start bringing some of that awareness to be like, okay, well, when I eat this balanced plate versus when I have the ramen for lunch, I'm a little bit more low energy when I have the ramen, I, my Mm -hmm. afternoon doesn't go as well. I'm a little lethargic. And then you can start making changes based off how you're feeling rather than just what you think you should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And I think when you make choices off of how you're feeling instead of, is this going to help me lose weight? That's how we really get forever results. Cause we start to feel better. We have more energy. We start to relate that to looking better and just making better decisions for ourselves. And then all of a sudden it's not an on or off thing. It's this feels good. And I just want to keep going. Agree. Like willpower only gets you so far. Like even as a coach, yeah, nine times out of 10, pizza sounds a lot better for me than a, than a salad. <laughs> go just through in, it too. Yeah. Like just in terms of straight taste, but then my brain automatically starts going like, okay, well, if I have the pizza for lunch, then I'm not going to feel my best. I'm going to be hungry shortly after. So 
what I really actually want when I think about it is the salad. And of course I'm still having pizza on a regular basis, but really just starting to be more mindful and make those decisions based off future you rather than just that immediate satisfaction. I love that. I always say like, how would, when clients are going through hard things, how would future you handle this? Like, how do you want, because that's really what we need to step into is just a different version of ourselves that thinks about ourselves differently, that looks at food differently, that has different beliefs. Yeah. And that's the biggest part of change sometimes is just being able to believe that you're capable of change and that there is this future version of you that is more aligned with the goals and this lifestyle that you're trying to build and remembering that future version of you on a day-to-day basis, it will get you so much further along. Yeah. I love that. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, you guys, I am sweat simple everywhere. Um, so you can find me Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, um, check out my website. I do publish like some, um, longer form articles. So if you guys are more interested in like a certain topic, that would be a great place to go, but yeah, sweat simple. I love that. Definitely give her a follow because she, even me as a coach, I love watching her videos because she just simplifies it and how she speaks to fitness and nutrition is amazing. Um, so go give her a follow. You do, you do one-on-one clients, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you want to work with me one-on-one, um, it's all online. I have clients all over the world and really this podcast was a great little preview of a lot of what I work with, um, with my, my one-on-one coaching clients. Yes. She's absolutely crushing it. So Brooks, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Katie. Yes. If you vibe with this episode, I would love to hear from you. You know, at crying burns calories, we are all about community and connection and just changing the conversation about life for women. So if this episode was helpful for you, I would love if you could tag me, share it on your Instagram stories so I can thank you and also so we can just continue to get the message out and growing this amazing community.